the broad range of sessions at this week's video news CTV Advertising Preview 2024 Virtual revealed the key themes driving the market. Listen on as we discuss them all. This week's edition of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News, and Colin Dixon from Endscreen Media is with me. Hi there, Colin. Hey, Will. I'm really glad that we got through the day without a technical hitch in your uh, CTV ad preview conference. That's uh, that seemed to go really well. Yeah, it went great. Thanks, Colin. We had uh, 19 speakers on five sessions for the afternoon and covered a lot of ground in connected TV advertising. So I was really pleased with how it turned out. Your session was fantastic as always. And uh, we are gonna spend some time recapping key takeaways from the afternoon. But first... After we go through a couple of uh, news items. <laughs> that's right, a couple of news. So what, did you, what, did, what hit your radar this week? Yeah, so there were a bunch of different things that hit my radar, but um, I'll just call out one, which is that Vizio, which we talked about last week, now, of course, being acquired by Walmart, um, reported its Q4 22 results this week and uh, was, I think, generally pretty positive. They have been focused on the uh, CTV ad space in a big way and reported that their uh, average, their, their so-called platform plus revenue in Q4 was up 28% to $174 million. Um, and their profitability, their gross profit on the platform plus segment was up 27% to $105 million. And uh, just last but not least, that their SmartCast average revenue per user ARPU was at $32.48, up 15% in Q4, and that they're now at 18.5 million SmartCast active accounts. So Vizio has made a strong push, as we know, into CTV advertising, and uh, their timing has been good because they are continuing to report a loss on device sales, which are TVs. Of course, they don't make any sticks or uh, pucks. So lost a bit of money, almost break even, lost a bit of money on a gross profit basis on devices, but strong and profitable in the uh, CTV ad space. So I think those were the key highlights. And of course, they're going to be part of Walmart soon enough. And I think that's, we agreed on this last week, pretty powerful combination of Walmart with all of its uh, shopper data and its um, retail media network that it's worked hard to build out Walmart Connect uh, being combined with all of the uh, viewership data that CTVs offer and being able to blend the data between the two and um, deliver targeted messages to Walmart shoppers and viewers is going to be a powerful combination. It certainly is, Will. You know, one of the things I noticed in the numbers was that engagement and ARPU were really growing a lot faster than the increase in the number of subscribers and and the number, by the way, of watch free users. And what this tells me is that they're doing a fantastic job of driving people to the ads that are appearing in the SmartCast interface and into watch free. It seems to be doing really, really well. And 
they're actually getting more people to watch that content, which is helping to drive their revenue up faster than the growth in the number of users would would suggest. And I tell you what, Will, there's a couple of ways that Walmart can help Vizio. You had your finger right on it. I think they need a little bit of help with the device device side. And that's a great place where Walmart, I think, can really help because I can't think of any other company that does a better job in managing the, the cost of goods, of, of products that they sell and in the distribution of those products that they sell. I can't imagine another company who does a better job in that. So maybe they can help Walmart, maybe Walmart can help Vizio turn those, uh, those TVs to profit again, uh, although it's gonna be small compared to the profit that that, uh, that uh, Vizio is making on Platform Plus. 61%, wow, that's a pretty impressive. The other thing that Walmart yeah. needs to do is stay the hell out of the way of the SmartCast and uh, watch-free team because they are doing a great job. They have delivered consistently uh, for, uh, well, ever since they switched to this model, ARPU has grown every quarter for the last three years. And that is a pretty incredible inc achievement, particularly when competitors like Roku are kind of struggling this year. Their, their ARPU is actually down on the year. So congrats to them. And uh, let's hope that Walmart just lets them keep on keeping on. Yeah, and we'll certainly find that out after the deal closes, uh, Colin. We want to get over to the um, reviewing the afternoon, the CTV ad preview. So you have one more item, though, before we uh, go ahead and do that. I do. I have a real short item. Um, there was a launch of a new fast service this week. Uh, it's called Black Family, B-L-K-F-A-M. Uh, and this is backed by Whoopi Goldberg. And it's really targeting American black families. And it comes with... Uh, real whole bunch of content they say they have 20 syndicated series a thousand hours of new and animated titles hundreds of original hundreds of hours of original music driven content they're planning 10 new original live action sh and animation series Whoopi Goldberg is going to be a creative consultant and uh, I, I bring this up not because it's a earth shattering or, 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 or whatever I just think this is a great opportunity. I, one of the things I've been very surprised that there aren't more services and particularly free services targeting uh, specific areas, specific groups of consumers like this. And um, to link into your show, Will, it will make advertising adver a lot easier for advertisers that are looking to reach specific audiences like this. If Black Family is, is successful, then you can, you know, if you want to advertise to that audience, it's going to be the place to go. So anyway, I wish we would see more more services launched that were targeting really clearly defined groups like Black Fam is doing. Well, we'll certainly keep an eye on their, uh, have they launched already, Colin, or are they launching soon? Yeah, I think they say it is launched. Good. Well, certainly wish them uh, lots of good luck. And uh why don't we move along then, Colin, to um, discussing some of the key takeaways from this afternoon's Connected TV Advertising Preview 2024 virtual conference that uh, um, Video News hosted this afternoon. And I was really proud. We had 19 
speakers across five different sessions, dug into a lot of the key issues in CTV advertising and what's ahead for the year and what's ahead even beyond that. And we want to go over a few key themes. And the first theme I'd like to touch on is the growth ahead for CTV advertising. And the conference was kicked off with a presentation by Ross Benish, who's the senior analyst at eMarketer, um, responsible for their streaming forecast and digital media. And uh, Ross is forecasting 30 billion, a little over 30 billion in CTV ad revenue in the US alone in 2024, uh, going up to about 42 billion in 2027. And the um, the big thing that Ross really pointed out is a driver of this, <clears throat> excuse me, this expansion of revenue is that consumption of streaming on CTVs has doubled in the past five years from one hour to two hours and uh, now just barely lags behind the amount of time that viewers spend with linear TV of about two and a half hours per day. and. He has a great slide where the lines are converging over the last five years with linear kind of trending down and CTV trending up. And looks like those two lines are going to cross, I don't know, certainly within the next year or two years, um, really underscores how CTV has grown. And one of the big things that Ross also notes is that there's been a real uh, diversification of revenue, of CTV ad revenue in the industry. So just a few years ago, there were only three um, services, Roku, Hulu, and YouTube, that had over a billion dollars in annual CTV ad revenue. Now there are seven and soon to be nine. And he also has, an, I thought, a, a nice chart that shows how there are just, you know, so many, whether it's, you know, HBO Max or Disney Plus or Netflix, the kind of list goes on, seem to be nine of these services that have the um, have grown CTV uh, advertising to be to be big businesses for them. And just one last thing I'll say about Ross's presentation is that uh, he also broke down <coughs> the estimate of uh, how many of the big SVOD services, all of which we know have launched ad tiers with the exception of Apple TV Plus, what percentage of their uh, subscribers now are on an ad tier? And, and Peacock led with 80% of their subscribers now uh, on the ad tier. Uh, and at the low end was Netflix, which of course just recently launched the ad tier, uh, now at 7.5%. So lots of room in other words lots of room to grow netflix did mention in its last earnings report that in markets where it's made the ad tier available 40 percent of new signups are for that uh, ad tier so we're seeing lots of momentum around ctv advertising and um, i know you uh, heard some other thoughts about uh, CTV ads growth in the future that were maybe a little bit more uh, sobering, a little more even-handed in your session, right, Kyle? I did on my my panel. I, I guess this was first brought up by Dave Bernath he, of, of Well. He was talking about, in his viewing of Fast Channels, that he was seeing a lot of unfilled inventory, you know, these back soon and um, what you know? Watch this space. Messages that were not being filled, and 
uh, he wondered if there was a more systemic problem here, that there was an oversupply. And I, I got to tell you, this was echoed by Eric Opaka at the beginning of, the, of my panel. One of the things he said was that he, quote, everyone's piling in like lemmings. <laughs> so uh, this I thought was an interesting comment. And it, and it is certainly I've noticed and they sort of um, uh, Bill did sort of pitch this question to Jen Sock of Group N. And what she she sort of tacitly agreed. Jen was was generally very, very upbeat about the market. But what she did say was that, yes, the market is really soft. So, yeah, maybe um, the the, uh, unbridled enthusiasm for CTV that was displayed on some of the other panels will were tempered a little bit by a couple of folks on my panel. But, uh, you know, generally... Uh, I mean, I've I've been looking at the e-marketer numbers as well, and they're sort of showing pretty steady, strong growth between 2024 and 2027 to 42 billion. Um, Won't quite be eclipsing traditional TV ad spending in 2027, but uh, I don't know if 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 the the big sports uh, big sports spoolu thing actually launches. I don't know. Maybe that will accelerate the change. But uh, yes. uh, CTV growth was definitely something that I heard pretty clear in many of the sessions. Yeah, I'll, and I'll just add to that, Colin, that you know there were other voices throughout the afternoon um, that were speaking on behalf, you know, for reasons that uh, support CTV's ongoing growth. And uh, I'll just call out a couple. One, um, Carly Friedman from Roku uh, spoke about the value of retail media networks being a big uh, game changer. And, um, you know, that certainly echoes what we were talking about earlier in the podcast. And Roku has been, I know, working with Walmart Connect and with other RMNs um, over the years. So they're a big player in that space. And, and again, um, I heard from others in the, in the afternoon that the um, availability of data and being able to make better decisioning uh, with that data will uh, certainly enhance um, CTV's value. And uh, last but not least, as, as you said, the um, sports big big potential game changer, you know, if and when the JV comes to market, Spulu, whatever you want to call it. I'll talk more in a minute about Jonathan Hurd's presentation, how valuable sports is, but uh, that is, I think, going to be a you know, big one to keep an eye on. I, I agree, yeah. So, so what was your number two big takeaway? Yeah, so we had a session focused on how CTV ads can be more engaging. And, you know, in the industry, there's been a lot of talk over the last several years about how CTV really is this fundamentally new medium. It sort of marries the best of TV with the best of digital. Um, And yet, when all of us watch um, streaming on our CTVs, uh, it's inescapable that most of the ads look a whole lot like the ads that we've seen on regular TV, on linear TV. They look a lot like the 15s and 30s that we've seen uh, when we still watch linear, whether that's for sports or news or whatever else. And so it seems like the promise of CTV to be more engaging and interactive has not yet been fully realized or close to fully realized. And uh, we had a session um, today that Alan Woke led that I thought was really interesting talking about what the, um, you know, how to make CTV more engaging and what to 
you know, what can be done. And I think the main thing to remember here is something that Jordan Green at Alpha Precision Media mentioned, which is that, you know, he thinks, and, and I do agree with him on this, despite all the growth in CTV and streaming, it, 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 we really are, in his words, still in the second inning of all this. And it's still very early on. And um, of course, everybody wants to always move as fast as possible. But it is still relatively early days. And um, another point that was brought up on Alan's uh, session is that the, you know, the vast majority of CTV ad dollars are coming out of linear budgets. You know, we all know that, of course. And, um, you know, linear budgets are uh, backed by creative that was or initially intended for um, linear uh, distribution. And so the creative is lagging at this point, and that's probably not unexpected that the creative uh, is lagging a bit. And I think we're going to be seeing that change over time. Alan's uh, panelists were clear on that. And um, and there was you know a, a clear theme on his session that relevance is really important in trying to drive standardization and getting clients to ask for more interactivity and to have their CTV ads work harder is um, all of these things are, are really important and that they will come in time. Indeed, and I really enjoyed Alan's panel. For one thing, it sort of challenged my expectations. Um, one of the things that I, I personally find kind of frustrating in the industry is it's been very slow to move on ad uh, on new engaging ad formats, different different approaches that uh, give a better user experience but still deliver the message. And and that was kind of reinforced by this panel. There was a lot of discussion, for example, about pause ads, which I think are great. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a definitely a very important format, um, but certainly not the be all and end all. A lot of discussion about QR codes as well, um, and that actually led to. Uh, Rose McGovern, who's with DirecTV, she talked about how the company is having a lot of success selling a sort of threefer, where they're selling a pause ad with an addressable and with a QR code, and that that's actually been very successful for them. Uh, but she did, she, she, she said that she's looking forward to in the future being able to buy that sort of advertising, advanced advertising in programmatic, which programmatic is not really doing it's just trading in the old ads right now there are a couple of other things that i really enjoyed on that panel which i'd like to bring up which i think are kind of relevant will one is that ashley arena she said um she's from phd and she said that ctv ads are not an add-on anymore and this was actually something that i asked um jen sock on my panel about as well and she had the same comment she's saying you know that these these ads now are pretty much appear to TV ads that, that advertisers are not thinking about them differently anymore, which I thought was really refreshing, good to hear, uh, and again, a real marker of the success and growth of CTV. The other comment was more playing to my innovation and technology side, and this was from David Pajunis, who is uh, with AMC Networks, and he was talking about uh, there was a question about forward thinking towards the end and he was talking about how he saw an opportunity for AI to do a much better job at targeting uh, of the ads. And this I, this is one of the things that I am 
actually really excited about AI for, Will. Uh, I think that the type of targeting we're talking isn't simply targeting somebody because of, of who they are, because of their interests. It's going to go much farther than that. It's going to not only target the person, it's going to target them with an ad that's appropriate in the content that they're actually watching. It's going to target them at a time when they're more receptive and more more likely to see the ad. Um, so it's not it's not just AI is going to be able to sift out the information in this ton of data that really give you the information you need as an advertiser to advertise, not just with the right message, but at the right time in the right content at the right place. And I think that's going to be really revolutionary and uh, really, really be a big innovation. So, so yeah, I thought that that was very interesting too. Um, so yeah, he's uh, Alan's panel challenged me in a way that I wasn't <laughs> expecting, but was was fun to have uh, to have that happen. Yeah, Alan always does a great job. All our moderators, uh, Danielle Deloro from VAB, did a great job, and um, of course you did a great job. And I'll just uh, maybe wrap up um, quickly, just talking about a last. And this sort of echoes a little bit the theme of what we were just talking about but you know there was a lot of talk i think and there is a lot of excitement and we know there's a lot of excitement for good reason also um, about the the promise of ctv and there were just a, a number of different comments throughout the afternoon that i thought really uh, spoke to that and you know one of the things that popped for me was beth anderson from uh, bbc studios said that um you know for exciting for her is that in terms of advertising, we've moved from the household uh, to audience and that everything is going to be audience based soon enough. And uh, I, I very much agree with her. And that allows for just so much better targeting and value to be extracted from CTV ads. And uh, there was uh, there were a number of comments along the afternoon about the lighter ad loads that we've seen in ad supported tiers from the major SVOD companies uh, and from fast providers. And the idea that uh, really those ads, as Bill Condon from Zumo said, uh, those impressions need to uh, work harder. So they're going to be fewer ad impressions. They need to um, have a higher, uh, they need to, to re you know, essentially return more to the provider and, and, to, the, um, and to the advertiser. Uh, and then just our final session of the day on this theme also was at Jonathan Hurd, partner at Altman Solon consulting firm. And he did a, I thought a really interesting, shared a really interesting presentation about how Netflix has invested in the quote unquote midtail of its content library. And um, that is now driving by his estimate, 60% uh, of their viewership is coming out of the midtail. So the hits obviously will come and go, and the hits are going to drive a fair amount of viewership always. But the midtail has turned into Netflix's workhorse, if you will. And um, what Jonathan found, this firm, in the research that they did, was that there are certain genres that do really, really well in the midtail, and that viewers, rather than with a hit where they're searching for that specific hit, um, with the midtail, they're searching more by uh, genre, and the genres that have worked the best for Netflix are kids and family, and drama and action and crime TV, and that Jonathan's able to 
really discern kind of what he calls the efficiency of these mid-tail genres, looking at how much viewership is happening within them relative to how big the catalog is. And that helps derive a, um, a calculation of the, the value of having invested in those categories. And it seems like Netflix has been uh, very smart about figuring out uh, where to put its money. And now, of course, as it shifts to um, promoting its ad-supported tier, having this 60% mid-tail workhorse is going to be really valuable for driving viewership and in turn driving inventory, which of course in turn is going to drive profitability for Netflix. So um, words, I think, that were uh, valuable for all streaming providers to to keep in mind. And you know what? I think this this a conclusion that Jonathan has come to about the 60% of the mid-tail being a key differentiator. I really do think it's, it is the differentiator between services like Disney Plus and Peacock and Paramount Plus. Is when you come to Netflix, you may come for a big title, but there's going to be something else you want to watch afterwards. And once you know that stuff is there, that's what keeps you coming back. That's why Netflix is a daily service and Disney Plus is not, at least it, it is not outside of very young children, right? Where where the, it probably is daily. So I think that's a real key differentiator. And one of the things that really uh, really made me smile was that Jonathan pulled up some data, not from not from the Netflix data, but from his his company's data, which compared the genres preferred by uh, Gen Z. To, and it compared those to the genres preferred by 50 and over. Over, It's like there were hardly any categories in common, Will. It was crazy. The number one in the over 50s was sport. That didn't even appear in the top 20 for Gen Z. And there were several categories like that. It got me thinking, how on earth can you create a single service that it is a great service for both of these groups. Uh, and that perhaps links back to the uh, launch of Black Family, that, uh, that new service. It's like uh, maybe the way to go here is to target a group rather than going large and going for everything now. Uh, because there's only room, I think, for a certain uh, a sm small number of these very big general services. Yeah, I hear you. Fair point. And I'll just mention in closing that uh, all of the sessions were recorded and will be available on videonews.com early next week. And again, a huge thank you to our 19 speakers, yourself included. Also a huge thank you to our three partners, Pad Squad, Roku, and Whirl. And uh, next up will be the June CTV Ad Summit, the fifth annual. So for now, I'm taking a little bit of a break. <laughs> Good for you. And... Uh, Thanks again, Colin, for moderating. And thanks, everybody, for listening in today. And we will see you all again next week. Inside the Stream is a production of InScreen Media and Video News. All rights reserved.